0: Hello, this is Pastor Sam Velez, and I'm so glad that you're joining us for our service. We hope you enjoy this message today, that it blesses your life and your families. We love you. The fear of the Lord isn't, I'm afraid of God, like God is scary and I'm afraid of God. No, the fear of the Lord is simply that I am in awe and I have a reverence towards God, and I place God's, who, I place who God is as a high priority over people's opinions, over people's thoughts, over people's desires that the priority of God goes above all that. It's not that I'm afraid of God and I want to hide from God and, and I'm afraid that God's going to turn me into a pig. It's none of that. It's that I understand who God is and I love him. And because I love him, I put him first in my life. That's holy fear. It's a fear that understands the magnitude of who God is. Because a lot of times when me and you think of the word fear, our mind goes to the worst thing possible. And it could be anything. If you're afraid of spiders, your mind goes to the worst thing possible. You create scenarios. And you think it's like a movie. The spider's going to come. It's going to bite me. And I'm going to turn like a mutant. And, and you know, we, we, our mind always goes. With the word fear, it can go... You think you say the word fear and you could probably think of a, every scary movie you ever saw in your household. Or your brother made you watch or your theo. You think of the, the worst things, but the fear of the Lord is very, very different. God, like I said last Sunday, and if you weren't here last, last Sunday, I said this. I said that God, the fear of the Lord, God does not give us a spirit of fear. But out of love, power, and a sound mind. That's what God gives us. Fear outside of God is not from God. So if you are afraid of God or you're afraid of life, you're afraid of tomorrow, you're afraid of sicknesses, and you're afraid of all these other things that culture often feeds, it's not of the Lord. He gives us a different kind of faith and a different fear. And it's a fear that loves God and places high priority. In fact, Fr- St. Francis de Sales he said this, He said, you must fear God out of love, not love him out of fear. You must fear God out of love, not love him out of fear. And I think a lot of times we are the second part of this quote. We fear God. We we love him out of fear. Like I'm afraid that God's going to do something. That's why I have to come to church and I have to love him and I have to do all these things. I'm afraid of God. Instead of saying, I fear God out of love. Like, I love God, so I place high priority over him. And I value what God says over what my neighbor says, over my coworkers, over my classmates. I value what the the word of the Lord has to say. And it doesn't matter the season that you're in. It doesn't matter what's happening in our culture today. It doesn't doesn't matter what's happening in politics. I value the word of God, and I value God above all that. It does not matter the season. It is in every season I value him. And that is when I learned, and that is when you begin to realize that that is the fear of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'm going to stay in a text today. It's a very famous text, and a lot of times... um, Missionaries like to use this verse, but it's a lot deeper than just that. It's in Isaiah chapter 6. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. If you don't know who Isaiah is, Isaiah is a prophet, and he is the one that prophesies about Jesus. Thousands of years before ever Jesus walked this earth, before you ever heard the word Jesus, Isaiah was already talking about him to the people of Israel. It says this in Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 8. It says, it was in the year that King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet, and with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations and the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I am doomed for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips and I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said see this coal has touched your lips now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven then i heard the lord asking whom shall i send as a messenger to to this people who will go for us i said here i am send me send me and i want to stop there for today you have to understand something that before king uzziah died the people of Israel were living in comfort, they were sitting under a king, under an authority, under a throne that was very comfortable, they were victorious, and they had everything that they wanted. And it was the Bible says that when Uzziah dies, that Isaiah gets a vision from the Lord. It is when he dies. Because you have to understand something. Many times, as Christians, we sit under the authority, under the throne of money, of entertainment, of friendships, and all these things that bring us comfort because that is our source that we usually go to. And whenever that source goes away, we find ourselves in trouble. But here's the reality, church. That if your source is always going to be people, money, friendships, or whatever else outside of God, although it is comfortable, it will never last because that is not the throne of your life. It will never last. It is when me and you can get to a place in our relationship with God that we can learn to sit in the presence of God. That we can learn to be in the presence of God. Here, the thing is, like I said when we were doing transition, is that our culture would rather do anything else than sit in the presence of God. That's why Netflix is a multi-billion dollar business. And all streaming platforms. Nothing wrong with streaming platforms. I have them. I watch them. I watch Netflix, I watch Disney Plus, I watch those things. But those things cannot override the presence of God. Because what happens is those things become my escape. Instead of going to God as my source. Because when I go to God, I'm not trying to escape something, I'm trying to get something that I don't have. And so we, we have to understand that when we learn to be in the presence of God, when we and you can create an attitude and a discipline to be in God's presence, that is where we find real change. That is where we find real peace. That is where we find healing. It is in the presence and power of God. It is in that presence. It's not going to be in the presence of more money. It's not going to be in the presence of more people. It's not going to be in the presence of more TV. It's going to be in the presence of God. And when I can get into the presence of God, I got what I need. It's sitting in the presence of God, church. And I don't mean just like sitting physically, God, I'm just sitting there. No, no, it could be sitting, it could be standing, it could be walking, it could be praising, it could be anything. But you're making time to be in presence of God. You're making time to read God's word. You're making time just to be and to just listen to what God has to say. When was the last time you stopped talking and just stayed quiet for a moment just to hear from God? When was the last time that you just stayed silent in the presence of God just so that you could remember his words? When was the last time that you gave God his place on the throne? I promise you, church, when you put God in his proper place, you will find less anxiety, less depression, less fear, less of everything that's gotten a hold of you because it's in the presence of God that you break there's breakthrough. It's in the presence of God that there's healing. There's restoration. There is freedom in the presence of God, church. But it requires me and you to sit in his presence, to be in his presence. Isaiah, we can only write and say these things because he was in the presence of God. That's why we can read stories like this. Because he was in the presence of God and because he was in the presence of God, he found a new revelation of who God is. We sang a song right now about the glory of God, and they mentioned Moses. Moses sat in the presence of God and got revelation of who God was. In the burning bush, in in Exodus chapter 30, in the mountain, Moses, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, all the people that you read about, and Jesus himself, all the people that you read about, that you love, that you admire, all sat in the presence of God, and God gave them purpose. And God showed them who he really is. Because when you sit and you give God room, when you make yourself available to God, not just available for today because it's Sunday, but when you make yourself available to God every single day, you will find God in a new way. And you will understand Him in a new way. Because if you can't understand God, you will always get beat up by what's happening out there. When you don't know God, you will get beat up by the culture out there, by people's opinions, by what you saw on the news, by the opinions that are happening on social media. You will always be moved by everything else but God. But if you can get in the presence of God, that is where life change happens, church. That is where you find yourself less anxious. I say this because anxiety has plagued people for too many, for too long. Depression has plagued people for too long, church. And it's time for the presence of God to come and to wipe that away from people's lives today. Stress and all the things that this this world often offers, you find something different in the presence of God. So I want to talk about three things. If me and you are going to find our seat in the presence of God, if we're going to find our seat, number one is when I find my seat in the presence of God, I know his presence. I know his presence. The presence of God, Bible says, that when King Uzziah, that is when he started. But here's the thing, church: you will never find God's wonderful presence where there is no awe or reverence to who God is. You'll never find it. The glory of God, there's a Hebrew word. It's called kabod, and it means that it is the weight of something. It is the weight of something. Me and you will not experience the presence of God where there is not an atmosphere of reverence, a revere of an awe of God without without an atmosphere of expectation of who God is. Because when we have an expectation with God, as we get to see the glory of God, and the Bible describes that as the weight of something, it the, the glory of God is God's is it what's it's what makes God God. It's all His characteristics, His authority, His power, His presence, His immeasurable weight. You cannot measure the presence of God. You've tasted the presence of God, but that's not the whole thing. There's more to the presence of God. And it is when you are taking time and you're making yourself available that you begin to know his presence. Maybe for some of you that you've served God for probably more than 10 years, it can be easy to being used to what you think is his presence. And you treat it like a routine and you treat it like it's just the everyday thing that I fit in my schedule. But when you can flip the script and say, God, I need a fresh touch from you. God, I want to know you in a different way. When you make yourself available, that is when you really know his presence. See, but here's the thing. For you to know his presence, something has to die. For the people of Israel, for Isaiah, King Uzziah died. And that is when change happened. They were very comfortable with King Uzziah. Like I said, they they they, they, they were living in victory. They were living in comfort. They had everything they want. I'm not saying that God killed King Uzziah, but because of his death, they 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 got something that they could not get before. Because now King Uzziah was not the throne that they were looking at. Isaiah was so used to King Uzziah and being under his authority and under his presence and under what he could provide that he could not see who God was until King Uzziah gets out of the way. My question to you is what is it in your life that has to die for you to experience the presence of God? Is it people? Is it pride? Is it just you have a, 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 an attitude of rush? You just have to rush all the time? Like you're just always on the go? Because what happens is people get addicted to being productive, and nothing wrong with being productive. But when you are so addicted to productivity and you don't take time, you're really not as productive as you think you are. Is, it, is, is, is what you have to die so that you can experience God in a deeper way excuses? Because you make excuses for every little thing. I can't because of this. I can't because of that. I can't because I don't have enough time. Church, 24 hours is enough time. You just have to make time. You just have to make time. Is it because, I don't know, There's the list can go on and on, but as as I'm preaching, I pray that the Holy Spirit begin to reveal to you, what is it in your life that has to die so that you can experience God in a new way? And only you can answer that question. I can't answer it for you because I don't live inside you and I don't know you that way. You can tell me, but I'd rather you go before the Lord and tell him yourself. But if you want to experience God, something has to die. For Isaiah to get the the revelation of who God was, or who God is, I'm sorry, and to get the purpose that God had called him to do, King Uzziah had to step away. King Uzziah had to be absent so that he could see clearly of what God wanted. But something has to die. Whatever that is, it has to die. Now, I'm talking about this in a spiritual way, okay? Something has to die. Number two is this. If we're going to find our seat in the presence of God, we will have, it allows us to know our place. To know our place. I want to go back to verses. Uh, you know what? Let's go to back to verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 6. It says this one more time. It says, then one of the seraphim. You know what? Let's go back to verse 5. It says this. Isaiah, when he experiences the Lord, he says, it's all over. I am doomed, for I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips, and I live among a people who are with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then, the, then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal he had taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. The Bible says that when he encounters the Lord, two things happen. He, he, he comes to the realization of this mighty God. He begins to realize who God is, but then he's also aware, he becomes aware of who he is. Because any time you begin to get closer to the Lord, there are things about your life that begins to come out that needs to change. And that is where the Holy Spirit comes and brings conviction. He recognizes who God is, but he also is aware of who he is. That's why he says, the first thing he says, oh my gosh, I've seen the Lord and and I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean, of filthy lips. He recognizes something about himself when he gets into the presence of God. Because the presence of God will reveal who you truly are. But here's the thing what I love about the presence of God. It doesn't just reveal who you truly are, but it also is there to change you to who God's always called you to be. Amen. And you won't find that until you get into the presence of God. And you begin to tell God, God, this is what's going on. A lot of times, humanity, what they do is when they begin to feel fear or they have this attitude of, I'm afraid of God, the first thing that people want to do is they want to hide. They want to hide. They don't want people to know what's happening they, they want to hide, and they think that they could hide from God, but you can't hide from the Lord. The Bible says that he is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere. There's nothing in the presence of God that is hidden from him. But what, he is, what, he, what I love about God is God waits for you to share with him what you are hiding so that he can do something about it. So instead of me being afraid of God and being like afraid to tell God this is what's going on, the presence of God is for you to surrender God, to release to God the things that need to change in your life. The point of God coming to your life is to transform you, to set you free from who you used to be, and to give you a new life. That's why Jesus said in John ten ten, I have come that they may have life and life in abundance. He said that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He's talking about the devil. comes to steal kill, and destroy. But Jesus said that I have come, that they may have life and life in abundance. There's a difference. That's why I said from when I started this sermon that God is not the, 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 the one that brought fear or brings all these things to your life. That is, God is not the person. That is not his character. His character comes to do everything opposite of what the devil has come to do. To counter that. So he says, he says I've, I'm a man of unclean lips, Lord. You know who had the same reaction in the Gospels, Peter? When Jesus gets on the boat and he meets Peter for the first time, and they don't really know Jesus, and he tells them to, to cast their nets. And, they're, and Peter's one of them. And he says, Jesus, we've done this all night. Because they were fishermen. That's what they did as a trade. And obviously Jesus was not a fisherman, so they're like, we've done But if you say so, we'll do it. And the gospel say that when they do it, they get all these fish so much that their boat began to sink. They needed help. And when that moment happens, Peter's first words to Jesus is, Lord, please go away from me. For I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I am unclean. God, don't, don't be near me. You don't want to be so near someone like me. And many of us sometimes feel like that. What we recognize when we come to the presence of God that God don't come to me, don't love me. I've done a lot of crazy things. God, pick someone else. But here's the thing: what I love about God is that God wants all of you. The Bible says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace to come just as we are, and that's what the presence of God does. It, we we know we we know our place. We recognize that man, I, I I'm filthy. I don't got it all together. Man, I make a lot of mistakes, but man, God, because you're here, I come to you, Lord, with everything that I have so that, because I understand you have the power to do something fresh in my life. But it's recognizing your place. The Prince of God, what I love about the Prince of God is that because it allows us to know our place, it kills the pride in us to recognize that we are not the center of the universe. The Prince of God will kill your pride because you'll realize that you don't have it all together and you're not that great like the way you think you are. I'm not saying that you're a terrible person, by the way. But when we begin to think that we're all that and the bag of chips, we're the last Coca-Cola in the desert, that's when we, have to, that's when we need the presence of God to humble us, to realize that it's not the truth. We need God. We need him. The Bible says that when he recognizes who he is, he's aware. And he says, I am a man of filthy lips. And I live among a people that are, they have filthy lips. That an angel of the Lord, a seraphim, goes with with, with a hot coal. The Bible says that he gets tongs. And he touches his lips with those. The Bible says that he burns that away. He removes the guilt. He says this, see, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. See, fire, you have to tell me something about fire. It's a fire. You can use fire to light a birthday cake. And fire can also bring a lot of destruction. But the fire of the Lord, the, the, the fire of the Lord comes and it burns away just like gold, Impurities. So that we can be more pure and more holy. In other words, me and you need the fire of God. We need the fire of God. We need it. We need the fire of God. There's a pastor that said this one time, and I'll never forget. He said that the fire of God may never go out. It must never go out. It's never go out. Thousands of years later, Jesus comes, and we don't need a coal to touch our lips. He comes to make us new. In fact, the Bible says this, Paul says it best, in Romans chapter 8, 1 through 3. Romans 8, 1 through 3 says this. It says, so now, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Jesus' work on the cross does a more better work than that angel could do for Isaiah. When me and you surrender our life to Jesus, that's the result. The power of God breaks the power of sin in our life. The power of God makes us a new person. The power of God allows us to stand with our head held high instead of walking in guilt year after year. It is the love of God and the power of God. Here's the thing about the presence of God. It's not the power of God or the love. It's both. It's the power of God and the love of God at work that makes us pure before him. But it requires us as we sit in the presence of God to know our place, to recognize. Maybe today is a day for you to recognize, God, I'm sorry. I don't give you the place that you deserve. God, I'm sorry. I get so caught up with life, business, school, kids, that the time I give you is a rush time. I just give you one minute of my time, and I call it a day. God, I'm sorry that I don't even. maybe I don't even give you the time you deserve, but can I tell you that today's the day that you can start something new. Today's the day that you can recognize his presence, and you can experience him in a fresh way. Today's the day, church. Today's the day. When me and you learn to sit in the presence of God. We know his presence. We can know our place. And we will know our purpose. I can know my purpose. The Bible says in verse 7. Verse 8, I'm sorry. It says, then I heard the Lord asking. I'm already in point 3. Then I heard the Lord asking. Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, here I am. Send me. It is when I learn to be in the presence of God, church, where I also can know what I can do with the power of God as well. When I learn to be in the presence, I also know his power. And in the middle of all that, here's the thing, church, you have to understand something. God is not looking... For any AI, chat, GBT, he's not looking. He's looking for people with a heart for God to live out the purposes of God every single day. When I get in the presence of God, I realize that there is a need that needs to be met in my workplace. When I get in the presence of God, I recognize that there is a need that needs to be met in my school, in my city. When I get into the presence of God, I realize that it's not just about me, but it's about the people around me. God says, who who will go? Who will go And Isaiah after receiving the forgiveness, after, after having an encounter, he says, I'll do it. I'll do it, God. Because a holy fear will produce purpose in your life. That job that you have that you don't like sometimes, You're exactly where you need to be because God needs a light in that darkness. That family that you're in that sometimes you want to beat up everybody in your asah. You're in that family. You carry that last name because you are a light for that family. You're a young person, school you're in that school, and I know some of you hate school, you don't want to wake up. I was like that all the time, but you're there because there's a purpose 412, there's a purpose for you. What if you, young person, I'm talking to the young people now, by the power and the Prince of God, did something different in your school? To where we would have to pick another night during the week because so many kids are in 412. We don't fit there. We have to be in here. Tammy, you will see. All it needs is one person with the presence of God that said, God, I'll do it. I'll reach my school. And no be the same. All God is looking for is a yes, church. That's all it is. It's a yes. You don't have to do anything else. It's just yes. That's what happens in the presence of God. In the presence of God, I, know, I get to know him in a deeper way. I get to find out that I don't have to be afraid of God. That I have a holy fear that goes to a different level. Where I I begin to love God and I realize who God is, and that God is for me, He's not against me, that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. That is what I find out in the presence of God. And then I know my place. I know who I am. I recognize that I need forgiveness. I recognize there are things that I need to surrender to God. Maybe for some of you this morning, there are things that you need to surrender to God. Because if you don't surrender it, you're going to go, you're going to be in the same cycle that you've been in the last 20 years of your life. Same cycle, same mistakes, same decisions, the same thing. You don't need a counselor to tell you it's the same cycle that can only break by you surrendering it to the Lord anything in our life that needs change, people can't change for you. You have to decide to change. Doesn't matter how many times people give you advice, you call your grandma or people that you know, it doesn't matter. Change happens when you decide to change. And obviously, in the presence of God, we know our purpose. We understand that there is a need in our city. In September when we gave out those Operation Andrew cards, it wasn't just for the month of September, church. It was a foundation for you to continuously pray and bring people to the house of God so that people can know Jesus. There are so many people that are hurting, so many people that are lost because Jesus is not in the picture. But if you could show them Jesus, church, They'll find what they've been looking for. But somebody has to say something. Somebody has to open up their mouth. Someone has to send a text. Someone has to call. We have enough space in this room for every single person's family. Church, Isaiah could say yes because he had a heart that had been in the presence of God. He could say yes because he had a heart that recognized his own sinfulness. He could say yes because he knew the needs of the people and a heart for it. It begins at the heart of everything. It begins at the heart. For God to do something, it begins at the heart. Pastor Alex talked about expectation. It begins at the heart. It's a heart of expectation. It's a heart of expectation. When I come into the presence of God, I expect God to touch my life in a new way, to be healed to be set free i expect that god would forgive me and transform me to be more like i expect god to break the cycles that have been plaguing me for years i expect it that's the heart expectation is it's the heart that it starts here deep in me believe in god and god wants to meet you today church The glory of God wants to do a new thing in you today. But would you be willing and say, God, here I am. I want something new. Thank you so much for joining our service and for listening to us. We are located at 4519 East Del Mar Boulevard in Laredo, Texas. And we hope that you continue to be a part of our ICM family.